Welcome, everybody, to episode 90 of Door Chains. Um, and this week, I'm joined by a very special guest, like all of my guests are. Um, but I think I'll get them to introduce themselves. Um, my name is Jonathan uh, von der Weingarten. I'm not trying to uh, going to try to pronounce that in English because that's that's usually going to sound pretty pretty weird. Um, uh, I'm from the Netherlands. I'm a Dutch composer. I've been mainly been working in video games for the past almost two decades. So that's quite some time. Um, did a lot of different kind of projects, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically my my base introduction. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Um, for thank you. Um, I do ask this question quite a lot of different composers. Is I, I know you said you've been in, in the industry for a couple of decades, which is amazing. Um, looking at things that you've done is amazing. We'll go up to that in a bit. But how did you really um, get started? So, like some people, you know, just knew somebody or they were invited to speak to somebody or they did classical, you know, instrument at college or university etc how does it happen for you um yeah that's that's an interesting story actually um i i grew up on uh you know the very early days of video games uh my my first recollection being very early personal computers um my dad would work in the uh ict and accounting actually and he would actually have a very you know, uh, almost like a hunger for for this new thing that was a personal computer, and he felt that this was going to be something of the future, like something we'd be using all from our homes. And um, he actually uh, said, uh, "Yeah, he said he said goals to you know whenever they would have all personal computers at his work, you know, and nobody wanted them and they were of lesser value, he would you know make an arrangement that he could bring them home." So we were pretty much early adopters in our, our family at that age. Uh, you know, I, I was like, like uh, pre-teens even. Um, and I was one of the few that would actually already have PC on, on his, uh, uh, in his bedroom. And I could actually, you know, play with that. And obviously, you know, also growing up on consoles, uh, early Nintendo and Sega stuff. That really triggered my my uh, appetite for you know storytelling in games and and the music that came with it. Obviously, I mean, we all have our favorite soundtracks from that era, so that's you know uh, something uh, a lot of people share. And that sort of sparked the idea that um, I was having uh, music lessons uh, back in the day as well as from early on, um, because my parents felt that was you know a very uh, you know important element of uh, education learning at least the basics of uh, uh you know uh, music construction and, and learning how to play but i always felt that playing existing pieces was you know it didn't really trigger me in the right way like you know uh you would normally do but i was very keen on doing experimentation myself so writing very simple songs recording stuff very primitive and at that early age, uh, you know, I sort of those two things they came together, and I started to getting interested in it, actually producing music, very a very early uh, stage, and also being a fan of video game music. So I, I would actually, you know, record on cassette tape, uh, ancient medium um, soundtracks from video games, so I could actually listen to the music outside of the games, because otherwise I would have to, you know, keep my PC running or my console running. Um, so that was my my basically the, the the spark that led to you know going into this direction. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, sort of how, how this turns into, you know, being more serious. Um, and I, I, I said this was an interesting story is was I was a very big fan of uh, Frank Lepaki back in the days. He wrote the music to Command and Conquer. He was a lead composer at Westwood Studios. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved his music. I was entirely blown away by his blending of modern musical styles. He would blend uh, heavy metal with, you know, orchestral classical music, with hip hop, with industrial mm-hmm. and techno. And um, that just really connected with me. Um, there was something new. And I, um, in the early days of the of the internet, I just decided to, uh, through their website, to, I sort of figured out what his internal email would be. And I sent him an email and I said, you know, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you appreciate this, but I'm a huge fan of your work. Um, I'd love to do something in video games um, down the road, but I just wanted to know that, you know, I'm, 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 you know, we're, we're so, so far apart yet, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. And he actually responded to that. And from that grew, you know, um, a friendship over, over time at first, a mentorship uh, where he would actually start providing feedback on the music that I'd be writing, uh, which was very kind, obviously. And um, yeah, that, that sort of over the years developed uh, a friendship and and more of, uh, you know, uh, back and forth sharing music. But that's sort of how I roll into making these, uh, you know, from this whole dream element into something more practical and actually starting to to practice and improve my skills. Well, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's such a good story. Yeah. Um, I really wish, you know, when I was younger, I did the same thing almost as you. Um, I used to record the top 20 or top 40 on, was on, the, on the radio and you'd sit there with the buttons and you'd be like, like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I never thought to do it with the soundtracks because I love the music as well, obviously, you know. Um, I remember the first time playing uh, an Amstrad um, and I played a game and called Solon's Keys and it just, you know, mind yeah. was completely blown. And to this day, I can hear it in my head now and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing and... It- I, I'd like to see video game music as as music without any rules. Like there's no yeah. there's no clear boundaries between genres. There's no you know no do's or don'ts. Like like anything that a composer can get uh, you know creative freedom in um, it can actually happen. And I, I feel that's also something that connected with me back then was like you know there there doesn't have to be any rules to it. You know whatever feels and works for the game is is entirely valid. And I think that's what makes it so, you know, video game soundtrack so so surprising in that sense. They 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 always surprise you in what they're going to be doing and which genres they're going to be blending. And uh, I think that's very interesting. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how uh, a soundtrack can really make a game. You know, there are certain games you would never consider to have a different sound if you if you get me. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Um, like for example, Bloodborne, you know, Bloodborne, kind of Elden Ring, all those kind of things. They're very grand. They're very kind of, you know, and it's all they're very different. They can be quite, you know, heavy and then very light. You know, it's just amazing. I love it. You know. Yeah, and and of course, apart from from the whole narrative and 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 mood aspect that comes mm-hmm. with it, that something that it carries over from more linear uh, media like film. 
-hmm. It also has this added element where it can sort of, um, you know, drive the whole gameplay experience and sort of steers player players into doing certain things, like having very up-tempo music, moves them quicker through levels. And, you know, um, that, that whole element is also very interesting, I think, it's a, to sort of subconsciously steer players mm -hmm. into doing what the actual uh, designers are, are looking for. Yeah, like, for example, you are exploring and then suddenly the music starts to change because it knows that there's some enemies close by, so the music kind of get, builds up to them and then kind of you, you get into a gunfight, whatever, you know, um, and then kind of when they've been killed, whatever, um, the music goes back to the way it originally how it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, that's a great experience. You're working on a few games, I know, at the moment. Not right. You're working on Arizona Sunshine 2 and the Seventh Guest VR. Yeah, and there, there's actually a third that has just shipped, which is sort of like uh, uh, a different kind of kind of game, which is uh, called uh, Symbius, which is a more like a visual novel, a uh, science fiction novel, um, which was also very fun because it's something entirely different from what I normally do, where... You know, the music obviously is driven more by gameplay. And here I could actually write more linear music and, and come up with, with a lot of different teams for, for the different kind of characters. Um, so that was also a very cool experience. Yeah. And there's, there's some more stuff that hasn't been announced yet, which I can't really disclose. But yeah, it's it's been busy. <laughs> well, we all know about NDAs. Um, yeah. For Symbius, how did you find that? Obviously, you said it was more linear. How did you find that uh, working on that in relation to kind of not in relation to um apart from the other games you've worked on um i i find it actually not that different my approach for doing more adaptive music isn't entirely that much different um it's it's basically a a, a collection or of of different kind of elements that have to work together and and you know one of them is narrative one of them is obviously setting a certain mood uh one of them is you know inspiring the player in, in certain ways or, you know, evoking motion. Yeah. For me, that doesn't really change when it becomes adaptive uh, and an adaptive score. The only thing is that maybe the technical approach is slightly different, mm -hmm. but I love, I do love writing for, for a narrative. So, so I always try to have some sort of story in the music that I write. And I feel that, you know, that, whatever game I'm working on that doesn't really uh, uh, there's not a lot of difference there's only difference in tone and difference in feel but not per se in in approach for me in my head it's you know sort of like the same approach and you're obviously working in VR at the moment with Arizona Sunshine 2 and Seventh Guest is that any different from working on like a, just a normal game yeah it actually is I, I find that um there were, I've been doing VR games since the very first uh, Arizona Sunshine title, which shipped in 2016. So it has some of become more of a second nature. So I, I might not be much that much aware of dif the different approach I'm taking. But there is definitely, um, I, in terms of intensity, I try to subconsciously always dial it down a notch because in VR, there's usually a lot of different kind of sensory input. Mm -hmm. And I find as a player uh, of VR games that, you know, you it can quickly get overbearing and too much for a player. And that's sort of like um, diminishes the experience. So 
I tried to sort of, you know, take it back slightly um, with the added comment, obviously, that also the mixing process is, is different because there, you know, there's uh, a lot of the devices that are out there right now, they have built-in audio output speakers, um, if you, you can even call them that, um, very, very simple uh, in terms of dynamic range and very simple in terms of uh, frequency response. So, you know, when I'm working on a regular game score, I can, you know, really hit that low end and, and make it really big. But that's, that's a lot different for VR titles because I know the players won't really experience that kind of stuff. And it will only get in the way of the other elements of, of the soundscape. So um, it's it's not vastly different, but I find that there's nuance more um, in, in comparison to other games. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned about being a VR player. Um, I've just recently got the PSVR 2. I had the PSVR 1. Um, it's amazing. Um, have you played stuff like Raz or Follow the Mountain? I try. I've mostly been focused on, yeah, but the, the, the downside of being very busy is that I, I get not enough time not playing time. games. <laughs> so what I, what I normally do is uh, I, I do make a selection of the titles that when I see them, inspire me, you know, directly or indirectly on the work that I'm currently working on. So, um, for for um, Arizona and and previously after fall, I've I've been mostly been focused on atmospheric games, games that are, you know, um, trying to establish a world building kind of approach more because that's what I'm trying to do with those two games. Um, and I'm definitely not restricted to uh, VR games, but you know, like I said, the time is limited, so I'm I'm definitely not playing as many games as I would like. There's there's a huge backlog of stuff that I need to go through. Don't tell me I'm exactly the same. Like, and then you buy another game and say, like, oh, another yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it's on sale. It's half price. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I'm like one of my favorite games to play is Elden Ring, just because. I play it with my best friend. Um, where like she's ahead of me, but I'm almost three hundred hours deep. <laughs> it's what we do to relax, you know. It's just nice. Yeah. They're just yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm a big uh, um, uh, Legend of Zelda fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been buying every single Zelda game upon launch since the the uh, Link's Awakening on the original Game Boy. So, you know, whenever a Zelda game is announced, I, you know, I pre-ordered a collector's edition and um, I did the same for Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. And it took me weeks to even get off the tutorial island because, you know, I was crunching away on the projects and I had no time. Um, and I actually had to make sure that my son is actually, you know, much faster than I. He's 10 year old uh, and he has a lot more time. Uh, who goes a lot faster through the game, and he would, you know, um, during uh, during breakfast in the morning, say, you know, well, I've been to this and this and this, and I've experienced this. I'm like, hush, hush, no spoilers <laughs> for me, because it's going to take me weeks until I get there. No. Um, so yeah, those those are moments where you know I realize that I don't have the amount of time that I used to have, which sometimes is a shame. But you know, yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. I, I also have um, to the kingdom, and I I had to send my Joy-Con back to be repaired. That took like two and a half weeks um, because he would literally just go for a little wander by himself all the way over there. Um, <laughs> and I just I find, I don't know why, I find this one so huge in scale because you've got like 
the normal land, then you've got below, and then you've got above, and it's just like yeah, so much to do. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Breath of the Wild for me was was on the edge of what I can still manage, and <laughs> now it's like triple triple that size. Yeah, uh, and it's I, amazing that they I, can I, get that out of the machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a crazy game. I I actually found it funny to read that uh, Ubisoft announced that Assassin's Creed, the new Assassin's Creed, is going to be you know, people are going to be able to finish it relatively uh, quickly and 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 a bit easier than previous games because it's going to be smaller and more dense and more. And I was like, yes, this is <laughs> this is the type of games that you know, we need I to have, have so more. Many Assassin's Creed yeah. in my spare room. I have even the, like one that was released on PS5. What was that one? I never remember. Um, yeah, unplayed, completely unplayed. I'm like, oh man, I, I know I liked it. But it's just 160 hours, and like it's not Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Gosh. So, quick question though, just thought of is because you've been in the industry for so long, and you've been you've done quite a number of games. Do you ever listen to the stuff that you've done like 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Um, very occasionally. <laughs> It's um how do you find that's that? a bit yeah, I mean I mean that's a bit of a difficult thing. And not always. Sometimes I'll actually find material where I think, you know, this is this is pretty decent. Um but I'm you know, we, we all we all know the whole inner critic thing and I, I think especially creative people and composers really uh you know have a very vocal one. Uh at least I have a very vocal one, so for me, it's good that there's actually, you know, gold master deadlines where uh, we actually say, okay, now it's it has to be wrapped and we actually have to ship it because I could work on the same game <laughs> for, for years and still tweak and, and keep going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, to get to your question, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't really sit down and listen to it, um, mm -hmm. but it's usually uh, whenever I'm trying to, you know, reminiscent of a certain project, or sometimes I would even projects that have slipped my mind over the years, and and, and I go back and like, oh yeah, I worked on this, and I actually did some music for this title, <laughs> um, and that's that's kind of fun. So, you know, that's more like a nostalgic throwback kind of thing rather than listening to it uh, from a no. professional perspective, because yeah, that's you know. <laughs> Stuff I've done a year ago, there's already a lot of stuff I, I want to update. But that uh, every single composer has this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, are there any kind of soundtracks over the years that you've listened to games that you haven't worked on um, that really stand out for you? Um, yeah, I'm also pretty versatile. I mean, out of out of um, the stuff that I usually regularly. And work on uh, like I said I'm a big fan of of Nintendo and their first party titles I I think also from a music perspective um the Zelda games are with their thematic approach and all the stuff they've going is is always blowing my mind there's always you know they're always looking for something new and, and doing something interesting um and I had the same same thing with uh Mario Odyssey where they did so much you know integration of music into actual gameplay and you know uh, using zip lines and then you know sort of having this tonality into the zip line sound effects and actually adjusting it to the, the music that we'll be playing all those kind of crazy stuff that you know these 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 very great companies are capable of doing 
Um, so I can really enjoy that kind of stuff and, 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 um, you know, um, do this. I, I do play a lot of uh, strategy games as well. So I, I think it was last year when I was finally able to, to catch up on, um, the last, uh, Homeworld title, uh, which is, um, Deserts of Carrick, I think, um, which I thought had really great sounds and a really great music. It was very ambient in approach. But it had something that was very interesting and very. Um, I, I I like to. That's I, I, sort of maybe again uh, the kind of material that I love doing myself is sort of blending the the line between sound design and music and sort of you know have this move in and out and make this like a like a one thing almost like a one performance. I I think that's really cool. So titles that do this are, uh, you know, usually the titles that I I'm, I'm drawn to and have uh, catch my eye. Or here. Uh, well, yes, yes. And I think also it can depend, for me at, at least, if I'm like on the bus on the way into, into, on the way into work, um, I'll be like, like, what kind of mood am I in for the music to listen to right now? Am I into something a bit more kind of, you know, raucous or do I want something really quiet, you know, so quiet that I actually can hear other people's voices? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounds uh, perfectly recognizable. Um, I find it often, I find it um, hard to listen to, uh, like like really listen to, like not from an analyzing point of view, but really listening to certain genre when I'm working on something similar in terms of of game or, or feel. Um, because I then I start to analyze and I start to, you know, uh, look looking for the tricks and the mannerisms that are in the music. So that's not a very... Uh, comforting experience so i try to usually pick the music that is you know entirely on the other end of the spectrum whenever i'm listening to it um so yeah yeah i, I totally get you with that because i was speaking to somebody else um, recently school and they were like i've got this song in my head but I, it, you know it's great but i don't need it in my head right now because i'm trying to compose and it's like yeah and all they could hear was the the the, the the beats and you're like no i need not to be like that <laughs> yeah I'm yeah like like when i finished after fall last year i you know i um i sort of was done with using overly uh analog synth kind of stuff i'd written so much music for the game um and then sort of like uh emptied the entire bucket in terms of inspiration and and things that i could uh handle even when listening to it, because I love listening to, you know, uh, a lot of the, the, the synthwave and dark wave material that's out there. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the genre as well. Um, but, you know, for, for a couple of months, I was just entirely done with listening to that. And uh, luckily, I, I, you know, working on different kind of projects, I get to, you know, quickly swap uh, different kind of genres, like like what I'm doing now for Symbias. I, I wrote entirely a synth soundtrack uh after i get to recharge from from uh after fall and then um for the seven guests we did you know uh an homage to the original um by um by the fat man himself um and obviously it's it's more spooky it's more uh atmospheric it has a bit of a jazzy tone to it it's 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 different than the stuff that i usually do um uh, and then we have arizona sunshine where i'm trying to you know uh, evolved the sound that I said for the original one, which was, you know, a lot of weird sounds, uh, sort of blending it with synthesizers and, and sort of spaghetti western kind of feel. 
sort of take that one step further and try doing something new with that. So those three different projects, they sort of kept me sane uh, in the busy periods where I could, you know, whenever I had a rough day, I could switch to the other project and, you know, get inspiration from that project and write something, uh, write a cue for that project. Yeah, I have to admit, I am extremely looking forward to um, both of those, the seven guests particularly, um, and Arizona Sunshine too. Um, and weirdly, a friend of mine who I interviewed for this show a few weeks ago um, is also working on it. Cool. That's Alex Films. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, yeah, Alex is Alex is actually involved with a lot of dialogue uh, editing for for the seven guests. Um, she and Kevin did an amazing job on, you know, um, the processing, and um, they they've also done this for for Arizona too. So um, yeah, it's um, it's great to have them on board. They um, really bring a lot of dialogue expertise to the table in that sense. Uh, and they've got their game coming out next year, which should be really exciting. Yeah, we, we yeah, that as well. Um, one of the things we're going to ask you as well is about uh, obviously, you've got your soundtracks that you've worked on, you you know, you work on something that gets released. You know, a lot of times now, these days, you see a lot of soundtracks announced way before it's released coming out on vinyl. You know, I have to, you know, I'll hold my hand up and say, I am a vinyl selector, you know, particularly for video game music. Um, it's an expensive hobby, you never start it. <laughs> pretty did so yeah resurgence and the kind of excitement around vinyl and video games music yeah yeah i mean i think that the whole vinyl craze to me is very exciting um as well as as a somebody who just you know loves to listen to music mm-hmm. I, I started collecting about two years ago two and a half years ago um and uh, for me it's sort of brought back the whole listening to music experience so i'm more actively involved in listening i'm actually grabbing the album that i want to listen to which is to me is a very very uh relaxing experience where normally whenever i would be listening to music i sort of felt always compelled to start analyzing material and starting you know go into work mode and this sort of helps this is like the only way i can actually listen to music in a sense, and actually experience it in full. Um, and I think that's really cool. We did, um, you know, a limited pressing for uh, After the Fall uh, last year, um, which was a very, very cool thing uh, f- uh, from uh, Vertigo uh, Games to do. It was actually my first soundtrack on vinyl, so that was kind of like a nice thing to tick <laughs> off the box. Um, and a bit crazy as well, you know, holding it in your hands and, and uh, you know... Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really cool, but like you say, it's expensive and it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time for uh, you know the processing plants to do it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, typically, uh, working on soundtracks, um, you have to ex- actually first finish the soundtrack, and then there needs to be you know uh, different kind of arrangements because a lot of the time, especially you know with After a Fall, I think I spent over two months creating different arrangements for the adaptive score. Um, because it wasn't entirely uh, adaptive. I think we had only one track that wasn't. So, you know, that's that's a lot of work, and that needs to be wrapped up, and then it needs to be mastered for vinyl, and then it needs to go to the processing plant. So it, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So uh, not all developers are always very keen on doing that kind of stuff because it's it's going to be post-marketing uh, buzz, so it's not going to be very helpful in terms of marketing. 
Um, but you know, it's I think it's really cool. I think uh, this this should be a default on game soundtracks for sure. I mean, and I really wouldn't stop now. Um, I recently got the well, I got medium yesterday, the medium soundtrack. Um, I got that yesterday. Um, and that and that's beautiful. We also recently got the other week, um, the Horizon for West box set. Um, that was the most expensive one I've purchased so far, but it is immense. It, it, like the box is so heavy. Um, it's like a magnetic opening. Uh, it's all gorgeous vinyl. I'll send you the pictures. Um, really beautiful presentation. You know, well worth it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that's the way uh, you know we should be celebrating soundtrack and scores. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, you know there is delays in you know process implants, etc. I've um, purchased one. I'm just over two years waiting. So and it's yeah, it's still <laughs> not here. <laughs> yeah, we we had a had a pretty decent. Uh, we we did our pressing with uh, deep. Crews, which are uh, also located in the Netherlands, and they they have uh, uh, you know uh, almost a, a green uh, pressing approach to their vinyl, which I think is pretty cool. So they try to recycle the um, every uh, all the surplus that they have from from cutting the vinyl. Um, and they were actually relatively fast in these times um, last year. I, I think it took them six months from first approval up until you know getting units ready. Uh, but again, this was a limited uh limited runoff pressing so i'm guessing if you need like i don't know five six k in terms of copies um it's going to take a lot more time obviously and it's crazy because as you know if something's announced that it's going to be on sale you need to buy it like that because otherwise it's yeah big, you know yeah yeah and don't it's like the the outer wilds i love that soundtrack um really yeah speak. And they repressed it. I think they did something like I can't remember. It was five hundred or a thousand, and it went within two minutes, literally. Yeah. Wrong. So they're going to repress it again later on this year. So fingers crossed, I'll be able to get it. But, yeah, you don't have a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. No, and it's really you know you know this community. It's a really small, you know, friendly community. I'm on a Discord about video game music on vinyl and. More than once I've said something about a game and somebody's messaged me going, actually, I've got one that's just sat here. You know, I'm happy to sell it on. I'm like, this is amazing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that happened with um, Firewatch by Chris Remo. I love Firewatch. I don't know whether you've actually played the game. Um, no. Oh, it's gorgeous. Also terrifying. Um, there is a real, uh, I won't spoil it, but there is a scene. I terrified me, at least. Um, but the soundtrack is just gorgeous, you know, and I can hear it in my head now. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> see, this is yeah, what I, I you know, about it's, it's a great hobby to have, yeah, to celebrate yeah. music for sure. And you're correct, you are giving music that time rather than you being able to analyze it. You, it's almost like a special moment that you're having with the music. You're sitting there and you take it out of the, the case. You, know, you put it on the record player, you turn it on, you make sure you've got the music at the right volume for yourself. And you just sit and you just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, how it should be, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Instead of uh, you know just hitting a random Spotify playlist and not knowing what the artists are and the <laughs> the uh, actual uh, you know the actual albums that you're listening to, uh, which is how a lot of uh, you know young people grow up these days. They don't even you know don't they listen well. to a certain genre of music and they no longer know you know the mm-hmm. the actual artist um, in a sense. So I am going to ask you one final question um, to wrap up. And obviously, I understand about NDAs, etc. But is there anything you're working on that you want to talk about or you can't talk about? I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. No, apart from the stuff that uh, has has been announced, yeah. which uh, you know has been uh, also been my main focus for for the past uh, two years, I think. Wow. Um, Arizona, Arizona was quite a quite a ride. Yeah. Um, when are they obviously? Looking- Sorry. When are they looking to ship Arizona and the seven guests? Um, I know the seven guests. I know because the um the uh, um is actually being announced during the uh, Gamescom um, oh, okay. um live sequence uh this this I'll evening, uh which is going to be October if I'm not mistaken. Um, I got it correct. Um, I'm not sure if there's officially something on Arizona too. Um, so I'm going to just to be sure, uh, zip it when it comes to that. Yeah. But you know, the seven guests is really close, and I'm yeah. I'm I'm really excited. Um, really it has been crazy experience. You know, George being, uh, you know, one of those giants that did a lot of scores uh, on games that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that to me is also a very fun part of being working in his industry. I get to meet a lot of people a lot of colleagues now yes who uh you know i used to idolize I, some of them i still idolize because they do crazy and, and amazing stuff um but sometimes getting you know uh kind words from from uh from these people uh you know that means means a lot to me because that's you know those were the people that actually inspired me to go down this route and uh the, the same goes for george so you know um sending me in the first pieces of music and then you know um getting back from him that he uh he really loved it and we actually got to you know um, do some music together where he was actually able to play some guitar and provide some vocals for a track that i wrote which i think is really cool i you know i said to the team there i don't really care how we do it you know there has to be a way we can get him involved in something more than just you know uh being the person who did the original um and and I hope that's that's also going to be something that the players and the fans are going to be appreciative of. Um, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> they will. I'm sure they will. But just want to say thank you, thank you so much for being guests on the show. It's been a real yeah, pleasure. you're welcome. And best of luck with Arizona and the seven guests. Can't wait to play them and everything else that you're working on. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you, and thanks for having me on the show. No Anytime. So that's the end of this episode, folks. So we will see you next time.